Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Welcome to Locked On Cavaliers, the official Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a daily show, yes daily, covering the NBA champion Cavaliers and the NBA at large. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cavs and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Boom, or Google Play. If you'd like to submit questions, inquire about an ad, or just say hi, email the show at LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. And if you're a fan of the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes as it helps other people find the podcast. Now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Cavaliers, the official Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Chris Manning, from Fear the Sword and Hardwood Proxism. And today, as it's a Monday, is going to be a mailbag podcast. I'm going to take your questions from Twitter and from email and answer them and just give my take on whatever you guys have sent in. Uh, because it is such a dead part in the NBA offseason, I appreciate you guys coming up with the amount of questions that you did. It's super awesome. I really, really appreciate it. And if you'd like to submit questions for a future mailbag podcast, remember that you can do so on Twitter at LockedOnCavs and via email to LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and submit a question there to at CWMWrites. Uh, and again, I appreciate everyone who submitted questions. And so we'll hop right into it. Uh, first up, it's from Michael Drapjo. Uh, he's actually a friend of mine in real life. Shout out to the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, he said, could it be a Mario-LeBron reunion? Uh, that's obviously in reference to Mario Chalmers and LeBron James who play together with the Heat. Uh, Chalmers is a free agent veteran point guard. And with Mo Williams potentially retiring, uh, the Cavs may need to go out and sign someone at that position. Chalmers could be an option. Rio could be someone the Cavs look to because he's a veteran. He's played in big games. He's played with LeBron. But there are concerns. Uh, for one, he tore his Achilles in March. He says he's cleared. He tweeted that he's cleared and that he should be good to go for next season. But the the tricky thing is... Achilles injuries are just historically not great for guys. Achilles injuries are worse than potentially any other injury that you could suffer. And, you know, I just, you just don't know how he'll exactly look. Um, there are other guys out there, Norris Cole, Kendall Marshall, Ty Lawson, Andre Miller, uh, Kirk Heinrich, but none of them are particularly great. Um, so if you were going to say, okay, maybe this guy is the option uh maybe you know maybe Mario Chalmers is the best pick um and if if I were to say if I had to guess at one guy that it would be it would probably be Mario Chalmers um this is from Greg if he email uh what is this what does Mo Williams retirement uh, mean for Kay Felder now this can mean a couple things if Mo Williams does in fact retire or if the Cavs wave him ahead of his retirement however this does play out uh, Kay Felder would immediately become the de facto backup point guard. The way the Cavs roster is set up, it is set up in a way that they do not have another point guard on the roster to take Mo Williams' minutes. And remember, they, because they also didn't match Matthew Dallavadova, 
they could be down two guys who uh, backed up Kyrie last year. Mo filled in for a bunch of the year when Kyrie was out. Uh, Delhi filled the role for most of the year, and then both played in the finals. If, in fact, Mo Williams is not on the team next year, and let's say the Cavs don't go out and sign someone like Chalmers, it's a big opportunity for Gay Felder to make his mark on the NBA from day one, to get in the groove from day one, and to really establish himself, or at least have a chance to do so way earlier than I think most would have thought. At least I would have thought he would have taken at least a year to go develop in Canton, or just to you know get used to the NBA and learn defense and just do those things. Uh, so it'd be huge for Kay Felder if, in fact, Mo Williams is back. And funny enough, they were working out together not too long ago with Mo Williams sort of coaching uh, Felder. So you know maybe maybe that was just a sign of what's to come. And uh, and, and in case you just weren't aware, uh, Mo Williams it came from Joe Varden of Cleveland.com that Williams is considering retirement and that the Cavs could waive him, and they would have to do so by Wednesday if they were to stretch him, rather, and space out his money over a couple of years. So we'll have to see how that turns out. But in short, it would be huge for Kay Felder if, in fact, Mo Williams retires and they don't sign another point guard. Um, this is from Kyle via email. Uh, if he had to sign one point guard, who would I take? So if you look at the veteran point guards there, I mentioned some of them before. You have Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole, Kendall Marshall, Ty Lawson, and Andre Miller. Those also happen to be the five I wrote about at Fear of the Sword. And I didn't pick one there, but I'll pick one now, and that would probably be Mario Chalmers. I think he's the best player of the bunch. He's probably the best shooter of the bunch. And I worry about the Achilles injury, but I know he played with LeBron. I know he can handle the situations, and... I just think if you're going to get someone, he's probably the best bet. He's probably the safest bet. Cole would be another option. He played decently with the Pelicans last year, but he's a non-shooter. And that sort of isn't great when you need something a little less traditional when you're the Cavs because LeBron's going to play with bench units and run the offense so much. You don't really need a guy who can't shoot. You need a guy kind of like Deli who can hit three. So that matters. Um, I would probably stay away from Marshall and Ty Lawson. I just don't really think Kendall Marshall is that great, and I, you know, Ty Lawson hasn't been him hasn't been what Ty Lawson was for a few years now. So I'd stay away from those two. If I was going to sign a guy to play, uh, Cole and uh, Chalmers would be my picks. I think they're pretty clearly the best two available. Kirk Heinrich and Steve Blake aren't going to cut it if you're wondering about those guys. Andre Miller to me would be fun just because he played with the Cavs and he could really really mentor. Kay Feller, but also Kyrie Irving, who, remember, he's only 24 years old. You get a guy like him in there, maybe he could mentor, maybe he can play a little bit, but he's he'd be the oldest guy on the team. He'd be almost 40 years old. You don't really know how much he has left in the tank. So, you know, he it would arguably be kind of a waste of a roster spot and dollars if you were to sign Andre Miller. So it's a little bit layered, not overtly layered. Um, my guess, ultimately, is that they don't sign one right now just because I don't think the Cavs necessarily need to. They can wait till the trade deadline. They can keep not only this roster spot, but that second roster spot open and maybe find someone that they like down the road. Uh, they don't have to spend the money then, too. I mean, I know that Dan Gilbert is a very rich man, and there's this sort of impatience when you're a fan. You want to see your team make a move and replace a guy if Mo Williams does retire, but the Cavs are going to have a huge tax bill. They haven't re-signed J.R. Smith yet. It would be cost-effective and almost prudent if they just didn't sign someone and maybe look to use to look to get someone later on in the season. And you know maybe Chalmers can prove that he's healthy. Maybe they can give him more time to recover. 
and get him then. Um, but we'll see. Cole also, by the way, would be sort of a cool story just because he played at Cleveland State and he's from Ohio. So that would also be cool. But um, I, I'm going to just go out and say I think Chalmers is the best option if healthy. And But I bet you they wait for a while if Williams, in fact, retires. It's not for sure yet. This is via Tom on via email. Uh, is there anything to the DeMarcus cousin Kevin Love trade rumors that I see every time I Google Kevin Love? So I've seen those two. I'm sure any of you who have Google alerts or just search Kevin Love randomly in, on Google uh, see these things. I personally do not believe there's anything to them. The Cavs made it clear that they were not going to trade him. David Griffin has said that. It came out again not too long ago that they weren't going to trade him. And just now would not be the time to do it. Um, I know Cousins is a guy that is attractive because he's so big, and you could argue that maybe beating the Warriors is by going big and being overtly physical with them. I don't know if I 100% buy that, um, and I also just don't know if you make the move now. You just want a title with Kevin Love. He provides things that DeMarcus Cousins can't with spacing. Um, I mean, Tristan Thompson and Boogie would be great on the boards, but they would provide no spacing up front. And as much as Kevin Love isn't used to the way he probably can be up front in Cleveland, he provides spacing as a shooter, and that's hard, to really, really hard to replace, so... My guess is that there's nothing to those. They are just internet rumors that are created by people tweeting about them, and then sites slowly pick them up. And just remember, if you look at the sites that are reporting them, not to knock them or anything, but they are not Adrian Wojnarowski. They are not Mark Stein. They are not a Joe Varden or a Chris Haynes or a Dave McMenamin. These are not people from... These are not reporters from ESPN or SI or the plane dealer or or wherever or Jason Lloyd from that comedian journal. This is not people that I would say hundred percent have the access to the people to report that stuff. So I would just say there's nothing to it. Kevin Love is gonna be here next year. Uh, and probably for the full year. He's a very good player. They can use him better, yes, but there's nothing to these boogie love rumors in my based on what I know and just based on what my gut tells me. So this is the next one's a little bit of an unusual question. Uh, this is via Anthony on email. Um, what do you use to record the podcast? I'm just curious and see how someone creates a podcast and what it goes into recording one. Is it anything like what the starters do to record? So it is not uh, like what the starters record, or how they record, rather. The starters are, say, a TV show. They you know are partnered with NBA TV. They have the highest quality equipment that they used to record. So when I record, I'm sitting at my desk in my office and I have a blue microphone, a blue snowball microphone. I have a pop filter attached to the microphone in order to nullify some of the sounds that can come across harsher when you're recording audio. And it's just plugged into my MacBook. I use Audacity and record it and I have headphones on and I just make sure it's quieter at a quiet time of day where no one's around to create background noise for the show. And it's it's about that. It's not the it's not the highest quality audio that you can get. The room isn't soundproof or anything like that. But do it yourself podcasting. This is about the best you can do it, in my opinion, from what I understand. And I I always try to improve it. Um, but yeah, it's just me, a microphone, a pop filter, Audacity, my MacBook. Pretty simple. This next question comes from. Antonio in email, um, does Mo Williams' potential retirement make you reconsider your opinion on if the Cavs should have matched Matthew Delavadova's offer? So when Delavadova signed with the Bucks, 
Uh, I, I, my original thought was they should totally just match it. He's hard to replace, especially with the Cavs' limited assets, with everything else going on. But because they got Mike Dunleavy in a trade using Delavadova, I personally just don't think you can really work that back and work back and say they shouldn't have done it. They got Mike Dunleavy with a trade exception they created by trading Delavadova, and it kept let them keep a trade a trade exception rather that they maybe could use down the line and get somebody else. Uh, David Griffin is great at maintaining flexibility with this team. They are a cap strapped team. They are it is they can't just go sign players, so he gives them the opportunity to go get guys that they might not be able to get otherwise. And yes, you need to package assets with trade exceptions to make them really work and to make them attractive to other teams, especially when you have teams like the Nuggets and the Sixers that aren't even at the floor. I don't know if you sh- they should have at this point. I get why he fits, I get why he's good, and I can see an argument for it, but at the price and if what reasonably what you'd be paying for him and what he is, I get it. And the, the flexibility of the trade exceptions is sort of important too. And it might be harder to... I might change my mind in six months if the Cavs go make a trade and get someone like P.J. Tucker using a trade exception. So we'll have to see. Uh, This is via Ali on email. Uh, Any free agents you think the Cavs should consider? I would just say a point guard. Larry Sanders could be an option. I like him a lot. I think he's a cool story. I think he's a very talented player. But you have Chris Anderson, so that sort of would be with his space. Um... So it'd be a point guard. It'd be Chalmers, it'd be Cole, the guys I mentioned before. I don't think there's anybody else out there that you really think does anything for this team. Uh, maybe Dante Jones comes back at some point. I'm not really sure. We'll have to see. But there's no one out there that wows me. It's that time of year that there's just not anyone on the market that is really going to make a big difference and is going to be worth your time. Um, I've had people tweet me saying that Lance Stevenson and Josh Smith could be options. I've seen articles online arguing that Josh Smith... Should be the Cavs starting center next year. Yeah, um, I'm good. <laughs> Frankly, I'm. I don't think either of those guys really helps them in a meaningful way, and I don't think they're worth the salary and its tax salary that it would cost to get them. So, I'm just gonna say there are no free agents on the market besides a point guard if Mo Williams retires. That that interests me. This Cavs team is really just largely constructed. Uh, as is. there are not going to be any meaningful changes by the time the season starts or really in the season just based on what I know and just my my gut tells me so maybe I'm wrong we'll have to see but one, two, three. we'll have to see if anything does actually change and if they do have to get a point guard again but you know I just I don't really see any freedoms out there that are really really worth getting excited about or really could make a difference for the Cavs and our last question comes from Jacob Blackwell, who emails me and says, uh, Do you think a Ky- Eric Bledsoe-Kyrie backcourt could work? I know they're both, quote, smaller guards, but guards don't really post like they used to. A Bledsoe and P.J. Tucker for love swap will work, but not sure if that really makes the Cavs better in the long run. Just wondering what we think about that backcourt. Thanks. So, in, it's tricky because... So, I would just say this. Eric Bledsoe is very talented. Uh, he's had some knee injuries, of course... And he's played in a two-point guard role in Phoenix. But I'll say this. Kyrie and Bledsoe both sort of have to have the ball in their hands to really make an impact on offense. And yes, Bledsoe's a good defender. And he could help on that end. But I don't think he does enough off the ball on offense right now to really justify that. And to get 
to have to give a bluff for PG Tucker and Bledsoe, and Tucker would be great, but I don't know if that actually makes you any better. I get the idea of Kyrie and Bledsoe playing together in theory, but I don't think it's perfect. I just, I mean, at the two guard next to Kyrie, in between LeBron, you want a guy who hits a lot of threes, who doesn't need the ball in his hand, who can dribble a little bit. Bledsoe isn't necessarily that guy, and I just don't know if giving up love is really, really worth it to get a guy like that in theory. Um, it could work for sure, I guess, but um, I, I don't think it's actually something that makes a ton of sense. And plus, Bledsoe has, a, as I mentioned, has some injury history. Bledsoe, as I mentioned, has had injuries in the past. Uh, he's had some knee injuries. You wonder if he actually can be healthy for the course of a, of a long season. So I just I don't love that. I guess it's fine. It's okay. But I'm not I wouldn't be trading Kevin Love to make that happen. If you you get PJ Tucker though, um I would just say that PJ Tucker is awesome and if the Cavs could somehow land him, that's actually a guy you'd be excited about if you're gonna look to make a trade. Just throwing that out there. So thanks again to everyone who submitted questions to this episode of Locked On Cavs. Um, as always, please rate and review us on iTunes if you're a fan of the show. And again, thank you to everyone who submitted questions. Uh, again, you can do that on Twitter by sending in tweets to @lockedoncavs, or you can email the show at lockedoncavs at gmail.com. The podcast will be back tomorrow looking at how many wins ESPN's Kevin Pelton uh, predicted the Cavs will win. And we'll also be talking about Mo Williams' retirement a little bit more in depth with Justin Rowan from Fear the Sword. But again, make sure to follow us on Twitter, rate and review us, and uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.